today's episode. Our first episode was a huge accomplishment. We came together within less than a week of fruition of this idea of Verified Positive. We promise you the first show of Jitters is out of the way and that you will enjoy today's topic. Yes, and the second episode of today's topic is very important. It's about burnout and stress. Our first episode came together and we're only growing from there. As you will see from what we are discussing, we're all humans and have been affected by these issues. Yeah, so we're just coming back for this episode with the same crew, but with a different perspective. For our first episode, we like to take it so a little bit easy. We talked about music and our what brought us together as friends, but for this one, we like to get just a little bit more serious in terms of uh, topic. We're going to be talking about burnout and stress and how it's a very real issue, uh, regardless of your race, social status, or your upbringing. I feel like it's something that everyone goes through. But I think the goal for this episode is just to normalize uh, stress and mental health, that everyone goes through it. If you are going through it, it's important to address it and just to get the help moving forward. And just uh, just a heads up for our listeners, we're going to be talking about some sensitive topics in this episode that may be triggering for some of you. So if that's the case, you could skip this episode and move on to our next episode, which is episode three. It'll be a lot more light of our content. All right, guys, thank you again, and uh, enjoy the show. Go ahead, Jonathan. Do you have something to share? Talk a bit about myself. We, we are talking about stress and burnout. Uh, I think an example that I could use would be uh, prior to the job that I'm doing now, I worked in social work for like almost seven years. Um, I initially joined the job because I wanted to help people, but I think uh, just being the person I am, I, I do tend to be overly involved in people's lives. I, I do try to help and I, that's a positive and negative thing I feel. I'm just trying to find the balance. But I think when I was working that job, I was working with so many people. Like I, like I was on a daily basis helping other people. And then outside of work, I was helping my friends and family. I forgot about myself completely. I had little, little to no self-care of that. So I think that was when I was like the most burnt out or stressed definitely for me. Just helping clients go through their own issues. I was very overwhelmed. I had to take a step back and kind of counsel myself in a sense. Just realize why I react certain ways to certain situations. Like I really had to dig deep. Uh, Another part of burnout for me in my life was just the amount of pressure I put on myself. Um, I don't want to share too much about my family background, but I remember just being, when I was younger, my, my mom would over, she would stress or cry over not being able to pay the bills. And I think the first time I witnessed that in a sense, it lit this fire in me. Like I, I had to be successful. So like it became an obsession for me. Like I remember my, uh, when my dad, uh, got laid off from work, I, I took it personally. Like it was my responsibility to pull my family out of, you know, the debt and stuff like that when no one even asked me to do that. And I think in that time and period, I really struggled with just living in the moment. I was so fixated on either my past traumas or focused on the future, like always trying to be better, be better, make more, do this, do that. Uh, there's simple moments I I can say I took for granted. But I, I feel like for me, I've gotten a lot better at that and just finding that balance in my life. You know, it's okay to have goals and ambitions, but at the same time, it's important to take a step back 
you know, living the moment, hanging out with your family, hanging out with your friends, just being content. I think that's uh, something I've learned over the years, and that's something that I'm, I feel like I've gotten better at. Obviously, I'm not a finished product. I'm going to continue to learn, continue to grow. So, Jonathan, um, there's a lot that you unpacked there. And I don't think a lot of people understand how much of a caseload uh, a social worker has and the things that they face. I mean, mean, we are all connected through a job that is very much involved in uh, certain aspects of that that environment. But you had first-hand knowledge Mm -hmm. of of the caseload and things like that. Can you you tell us what what was that like uh, and what were you dealing with? Were were you overwhelmed by the volume of clients or just the the deep involvement that you had in that? I think it was the deep involvement. Like, I got in at a very young age. I was pretty fortunate. I think I was 21, 22. I got into the field. So that was a good eye-opener for me in terms of uh, really humbling myself. Like, like when I look at my life compared to someone else's life, it's like, wow, you've really been through some stuff, and here you are still standing on your own two feet. And I respected that. But I think for me, it was just... Uh, it, it might have been a balance of everything. I had a giant caseload. I had 50 to 60 clients at one point, and that was just me. And I think, like, like I said, it was just, like, like the sessions I had ranged from, like, 30 minutes to an hour each person. So when you're in a room with someone, you kind of absorb whatever they're going through, and they walk out feeling lighter, but at the same time, that weight is not put on you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't find ways to kind of get rid of that, it just all piles up. And I feel like I was at a point in my life a couple of years ago where I, I felt it. Okay. Like, I was I was stressed, man. I, I, and I, I had zero ways to cope with it. So That's I feel great. like in the last maybe four, four or three years, I've gotten a lot better with, you know, just coping with life in general, dealing with stress. Another thing I, I, I relate with you is uh, the pressure of uh, growing up, uh, I don't even know the term, is it first generation or are we second generation minorities? Our mm-hmm. parents came from another country to give us a life to go forward for them, right? Yeah. And to make, make sure that you're successful to be able to take care of them. And that's a pressure that comes from a lot of minority families that the kids take care of the past <laughs> and they yeah. also take care of the future. How do, how do you cope with it now? I think the way I look at it now is... Uh, I think I was just so obsessed with it because my, like obviously growing up, I, I feel like I, I had everything. You know, my parents gave me everything that they, they could give me. You know, I never missed uh, all the latest fads when you were a kid. Like I was never left out of the loop. Um, I think growing up, I, I just appreciated it more and I really wanted it bad because just like growing up, just like I said, like witnessing what my parents were going through. And that was all behind the scenes, too. I don't think they knew that I saw that they were upset. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what really stuck with me more is, like, to my face, it'd be smiling, like, everything's okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of rubbed off on me, too, in terms of keeping a, a positive perspective on things. But I think that's just how I cope with it now, just being content with where I am, but at the same time, I know I'm getting better and I'm going to continue to grow. Like, this... I, I tell myself, there's a couple of like affirmations I say to myself every morning. 
It's like a, like I didn't come this far to only get this far. That's one of the things I always say. I'm always going to grow as a person. Like I said earlier, like I acknowledge I've come this far, but at the same time, I'm not a finished product. Mm-hmm. I do realize that there's still things that I need to work on and grow on. But at the same time, I, I can't discredit the amount of work that I've done. Like, like I, I've known you guys for X amount of time. Like, just to get to where I am now, like, it took a lot of work. So mm-hmm. when I reflect on that, it helps me feel a lot better. Like, hey, like, you're not where you're not, you're not where you want to be exactly, but buddy, look how far you've come. And that really helps me down. What means are you getting there? You're getting there, right? Everything yeah, takes sure. time. Yeah. What made you? What, what was the thing that you said? I'm gonna do this change and work on myself and go address this issue head on. Oh, for me, it was like I, I've I've had anger problems for a very long time, <laughs> and it'd be like the stupidest thing, and I just like punched the wall. A lot. Like I, I was at that level, and, and I don't see that in you now. Yeah. That's what a lot of people say that they know me now. It's like you're pleasant, you're always smiling. Like I, it's hard for me to see you like that, but believe it or not, that's how I used to be. And I, I had to really dig back onto what were my root causes of my anger issues. And I mm-hmm. guess what that, in a sense, like I, I had a bit of a like the upper hand there, just because I had the social work background. I was surrounded by you know counselors and therapists. So even though they're my friends, like they were still someone that I could talk to. Mm-hmm. So I, I help, it helped me get a lot of things out that I didn't necessarily would, I wouldn't look at it as, oh, that's the core root of why I act a certain way. So I think for me or for whoever's listening to this, just identifying the root of why you act like that goes a long way. Go ahead, Rich. And, and I can add to that. I, I've been there too. Yeah. I was, I was always an angry person. Mm-hmm. And I had no reason to be angry. Yeah. Not one bit. Like I like I tell a lot of people a lot of times, I was very fortunate and I won the lottery when I when I was born to the family that I was born to. Mm-hmm. I've got a very caring family and like you said yourself, I was never out of the loop in the sense that my parents were always there mm-hmm. to support me in anything that I wanted. They they did everything for me, mm-hmm. so I had no reason to be upset, but I found myself being upset, yeah, and very mad and and for no reason because my parents always promoted my parents and my sister always promoted to be kind, mm-hmm. right. My parents are a little bit older. I always promoted to be kind, be a caring person. And oftentimes I found myself being angry and I couldn't understand why. And the older I got, the more I started understanding the reason. It was likely because I didn't like the way people viewed me. Mm -hmm. And I weighed heavily on that. So I was always a heavier guy when I was a kid. right? So I always got picked on for that. Mm -hmm. I was always picked on, so that made me angry. Right, and, and it wasn't until I got older and into high school that that, ma- that mentality changed. When you try and be friends with everyone and it doesn't really work, mm-hmm. and then eventually, you know what? The hell with it. Mm-hmm. If you're going to like me, you're going to like me. If you're not, you're not. Yeah. It doesn't matter what other people think. And I don't want to interject what you're saying because I'm going to touch up on that after on my, on my point, but mm-hmm. I think it was that realization that that, that was it exactly, that it was... It was I was upset at the way people were viewing me because mm-hmm. I weighed so heavily on on their opinions for whatever reason. People that I didn't even know, people that I didn't even respect. Yeah. That that it made me have that outlook on myself, and in turn, I was just angry, mm-hmm. right? For no apparent reason. In my now that I look at it now, it came to that realization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. 
So, a uh, question for uh, Jonathan. Um, so, what are you doing now that helped you, you know, cope with your anger? I think for me, it was just like a lot of things, like like the normal stuff, like going to the gym, um, like meditation, like that kind of saved my life. I was never really like I always like looked at meditation was like this like whole like cool by thing, like what the hell is this? Yeah. But, when I actually got into it, like I made a part of my daily routine, I start my morning with it, and I end my day with it, and that really affected my whole mental and how I carry myself. Mm. Um, going through that, I brought this up in episode one in our first podcast was, you know, starting your day off right. Um, a firm believer in that now is having a solid morning routine. I was the kind of guy where I would literally jump out to bed shower and head out the door like now i i wake up super early when i don't really have to <laughs> like I, I eat a solid breakfast i do my meditation i do some stretching i listen to positive music in the in the morning that's just my choice mm-hmm. i know everyone's different but i like to listen to songs that put me in a good mood i tend to avoid songs that get me angry or in that negative mindset and just Having that mindset also too before you go to bed, because it carries on to your subconscious the next day. So just being at peace with whatever happened that day. Wait. Sorry. Um, with the medication, I know we everybody says it, everybody preaches it. How did it feel the first time? How did you do it? See, what worked for me was actually one of my old coworkers, Amanda. Shout out Amanda, real quick. Shout out Amanda, guys. Shout out Amanda. <laughs> But she uh, she put me on a, a guided meditation because, like, when I was younger, like, I had a lot of trouble sitting still and my mind would just wander. So I would just put the headphones in and I put out, I listened to the guided meditation and that really calmed me down in terms of just focusing on my breath or whatever voice that was talking to me. Is there anything you can recommend for the listeners that they so, can start off with? For me, they're called the mindful movement. They're on Spotify. They're on YouTube. That's my that's my go-to. Okay. And they have different meditations. There's like, you know, one to deal with stress, one to deal with anger, one to listen to before you go to bed. So whatever you're going through, right? And I think that really worked for me. And obviously, everyone has different ways to cope with life or stress, right? Like. What works for me may, may not necessarily work for you, but I think it's just important to kind of find what works for you. And you know what? Sometimes, like, you'll find something that works for you, and then down the road, it's not going to work anymore, so you got to switch it up. Mm-hmm. But that that work you got to do on yourself is, to me, definitely important. I was saying, you know, shout out to Mindful Movement. Mindful Movement, yeah. Mindful Movement. But, like, for someone, like, I, 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 for time, I've been thinking about getting into meditation. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm thinking about it, maybe I have been doing a form of meditation in a way without really realizing. A lot of times, I like to have a moment to myself, like a quiet moment. Yeah, where you don't think about anything. Yeah, and nothing, and just you're in the moment. You're looking at everything, and you're looking at what's around you, and, and you're not paying attention to the stuff that clouds your your memory, like the the day to day the day to day life, mm-hmm. like, you know, work, family, everything. When it, to life, right? Financial problems being one of the biggest ones, mm-hmm. right? For most people, mm-hmm. right? We're always worried about are we going to have enough money to do what we want to do, mm-hmm. right? So maybe I don't know if that's like a start to meditation, and that that's a way to, I don't know if that's uh, 
Yeah, go ahead. No, just uh, feeding off of what exactly you just said was living in the moment. Like I said, I, I did struggle with that. Uh, a book that really helped me out, um, I'm sure a lot of people have heard of it, is the, the Power of Now. I think that book really helped me out in terms of, you know, just being present, uh, not worrying about the future or the past. Uh, that really helped me out. Um, uh, just another thing I wanted to throw in there for me, I also avoid social media or news for the first hour when I wake up and the last hour before I go to bed. And why is that? good? Because okay. I could I could be lying in bed and I can't fall asleep and I go on Instagram and I could see something that really bothers me. Mm-hmm. Now that's going to be my subconscious before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. Whether I know it or not. And I wake up in the morning. That might be in the back of my head. I don't know. But I uh, restful sleep is it? Yeah, exactly. Restful sleep, or you start your day off right. Yeah. So that's that was for the big things for me. And it's just funny because I've been counseling people for years, and I didn't practice what I preached. <laughs> it's tough. And that's all the times what we do. Right? Yeah. 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 Like, we don't practice what we preach. Yeah. That's right. I mean, uh, I, I I appreciate that because it's it's a lot and. There's a lot of coping strategies I think the listeners can focus on. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that. The power, you know, as you're saying, as Rich has alluded to as well, we have phones in our hands all fucking time. You mm-hmm. know, all we're doing is looking at our phones every waking moment, whether it's this connection, that connection, whatever, whether it's war zone, whether it's work, whether it's whatever bullshit out there. We're just always doing, we never give a moment to just be like, am I? Like, to even, like, accept what's happening. Mm. Right? Can you even remember a time without a cell phone? I can't. Because we're from a time before a cell phone, mm. but we find ourselves when our cell phones are dead, for example, right? Oh, yes. And we have nothing to do. And we find ourselves like, crap, well, I got nothing to do now. Oh. And you almost, you forget about mm. the time when you didn't have a cell phone, when you didn't have access to this, to this life. Right, this life of knowledge and everything in your hands, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we forget about that. No matter how much you remember it, mm-hmm. even when your phone dies and you're stuck somewhere, you're gonna be pretty damn pissed off, and you're gonna forget about that time yeah. before you hide your cell phone. You're right, right, you're right. Mm-hmm. right. But like, go ahead. Well, that's something you know. I um, I understood a, a while ago. Actually, I I don't I always have my cell phone in my hands. You guys can you guys can tell. <laughs> um, <laughs> So that's one of the, the reasons why whenever you guys do it, all my family you know, will call me or text me. I, you know, I'm not going to reply right away because I don't have my cell phone in my hand. So I try to uh, take advantage of what's around me, my family, my friends, and, and talk to people and uh, um, you know do positive things like that and try to disconnect myself to like social media and all those uh, um, the news because it's most most of the time it's negative news. Yeah, negative. So I try it's not to focus. Yeah, I try not oh, not to focus on on, uh, on the negative and, and uh, you know focus on myself and, and mm-hmm. you know what's mm-hmm. better for me. Right? What about you, Nadar? What's up? You've been awfully quiet here. I just I don't know. I didn't want to like overstep with like comparisons of my own. Um, I feel for me one of my biggest. Or not taking it back to the past. Definitely was my time in university. Mm-hmm. Um, although I grew up in a household where it's kind of like I had to do a lot of things on my own. Um, when I moved to universities, like cities away, so for me it was like everything that, not that I took for granted, but everything that I felt like, wow, I wish I had more of anyway, I had none of it. Mm-hmm. So that that burned me out like in 
such a major way. Like it made me think like, wow, I can't can't wait to get out of school. I can't wait to finish this. Just everything as simple as like making breakfast ended up like just almost like like I never had breakfast made for me, but just knowing like, okay, let me start with breakfast and let me go with everything else in my day. Knowing, oh, now I have to clean up after, but I got to get to school quickly and I got to get groceries in. And just every part of my day when I went to university, being completely away from home with people that I knew that really, like, even, like, psychologically messing me. I was like, wow, like, <clears throat> not only in a position where I don't really know anyone, but it's like, even in school, I felt like at the time I didn't know anything either just because of how I couldn't focus on it. Um, although I did go to university with one person, like my girlfriend at the time, I just felt like I've been depressed for most of it. And I definitely feel like that took a huge toll on my relationship too, because I felt like although we had each other to a hiccup where the other person was slacking, it just felt more so, why am I, why am I here? But not only that, it's like, am I here for, I think you're going to touch on it later as well. It's like, why am I here to like just do it because everyone else is doing it? Like if I was a if I was a parent down the line, even though you always hear how school is important, I tell my ch- <clears throat> my children, listen, if you want to go to school, that's great. I fully support you. But if you don't, like have a plan out for me. Let me know what you want to do, and I'll fully support that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think down the line, though, like where I am now, it's helped me so much because now I don't get stressed as easily, or I don't let things linger as much because I feel like holy, that really beat the shit out of me for the time that I was there. Mm-hmm. So now, like. Um, things are not so much easier as much as it is, um, I feel I'm able to endure it a lot better. And just, just like how, how we take on this whole podcast, I look at it as a more positive outlook rather than like something like daunting and just not something I'm interested in doing. Something you learn from basically. Because more than just like, more than just growing out of it, it's more so like battle hardened me because it's like all the, the things you have to take on, all the responsibilities and then now doing everything else again but with a more mature mindset I guess I was never immature but just having like like I said like the experience of doing this really helped and now it's more like okay I could do this and it's more easy going so how does that help you now because I know you have your own space now yes you don't have the distance of homesickness but was that the triggering point that I, you I needed mean, to feel like there was something wrong I never had any homesickness I never had it was more so okay. So when I when I went to university as well, I I went with my girlfriend primarily because she was going. I got scholarships to different places, and I wasn't one hundred percent sure on set going to Ottawa, let alone university. Mm-hmm. And looking at it now, I'm very grateful that I did. But all the way up until the point I graduated, I was regretting it. I was like, look at these student loans racking up. Even with my scholarship, I was look at this rent racking up, and it's not even a nice place. I was like, look at all these things racking up, and why am I doing it? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't homesickness, even though like I knew no one there, and I I didn't have such a strong home life anyway. I still felt further than everyone than ever before. And although I was like never like catching up with them, seeing how everyone's doing, it was more so like, well, now even if I want to, it would be extremely difficult on top of what I was already dealing with. Um, but I say that more so helps now, and it's like easy for me now because it's like I want to sound as positive as it is, just like I learned how to get along with like myself so mm-hmm. now when I do things I'm like you know by myself or like I have time to myself I'm just in like my little bubble um enjoy my I get more enjoy my solitude rather than like oh shoot like I wish I had someone here I wish I could do something and it's it's helped me take on everything so now when I do have help whether with close friends or family or just whatever it feels like the biggest bonus rather than 
something that'd just be so like basic or mundane if I had it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, do you do you regret going to Ottawa? Or do you now? Definitely not. Uh, after graduating, I was like, thank goodness that's done. Still dealing with my student loans, still dealing with like a bunch of things that enabled me to get the job that I have. Uh, it gave me a sense of accomplishment that um, I was very happy to have. I know it made my mom proud. I made um, the family that I do have proud. I was the first one actually in my entire lineage of graduate university, so that was like wow. a big deal. Yeah, nice um, you broke the cycle. Huh? Yeah. Nice one. But it, it, did, it did really break me. But going, going further, when I had to have the job that I have now, and kind of going into like a, like a learning kind of environment again, I was I was not so much afraid as much as I was like wow I'm gonna I'm gonna be done before I even get started type of thing. But it was it was a way different learning experience. So because of that, I was able to tackle it a different way and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it so much more. It kind of gave me like a new outlook. If I ever wanted to pursue further education or anything else, like it's not all that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just in, in every way possible, I learned a lot from it. I was also very 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 lucky that I was my girlfriend at the time because I could have not done it had it not been for her as well. Mm-hmm. So, that's good. So how, how did you, she support you? Like, can you give us a little bit of more insight in that? <laughs> I, I, honestly, in every every way possible, like when we complemented each other very well, like if there's something that, you know, I felt I wasn't doing too well and she excelled in, it was a great balance where we could take over for like the other. Um, it was, it was a long, it was a long relationship overall. And during the entire time, it's like that. That's how it was. Like we just like we complimented each other. Mm-hmm. If if I don't something something so stupid where it's like when we would come to and from Toronto, it's like I, in my opinion, she wasn't the best driver. And like to drive sometimes to do something, especially in between when you only have two days off before you gotta go back to class and to take a drive to Toronto back to Ottawa to take mm-hmm. a toll. So yeah, like she could just like sleep and do whatever. Maybe she could catch up on the readings while I'm driving and then like reiterate that to me afterwards and like I'm trying to relax. It was just any any aspect that we could like we found so that's awesome. And then obviously everybody has their own um, aspects of that. And things obviously you said refer to your girlfriend at a time. Things moved on. That's fine. But mm-hmm. not having that support anymore, how did you feel? <sighs> it's as bad as it sounds, like I, I felt like we were both kind of growing out of the relationship of quite a few months before it ended up actually ending. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 at least personally for me, I felt like really lost and I felt so incapable, honestly, of so many things, like the most simple things I felt like, again, back to reverting how I started right when I was at university, right? The simplest things felt like the most enormous task of like, how can I do this without this person? Mm-hmm. Um, so everything was just like slowly building up, you know, doing the things anyway because I knew I didn't have a fucking choice I had to do it like no one's gonna wake up for me wake up early do this do that so over routine and trying to like basically tackle that myself that helped me like I said earlier to get battle hardened like it helped me like okay mm-hmm. I'm able to do it and the, like I've always been a very disciplined person I've always been someone who did things for me because I always knew that I had to take myself out of where I grew up mm-hmm. and how like how to get along but when I had that supportive Pretty much, I want to say the only supportive figure in my life, and then that kind of went away. It was like it was like a shot to the gut for sure. But then, in that like other side of the token, I found someone else who's just as, if not more supportive. 
And it's it's not so much as I physically need them there or mentally, it's just like an emotional crush. Because mm-hmm. growing up how I grew up, it's like to know that if I were to fall, someone has my back. Even though I like to think that I don't need it, just having that there enables me to be You alluded in that conversation all the plans how I grew up and breaking the cycle, first one to graduate, first one to get to university to that level and graduate. Um, are you are you comfortable in sharing where you got from? Yeah, I, um, so the listeners can have a better perspective where you got from? So my mom was an immigrant from Portugal. She came when she was, I think, nine. Okay. Uh, with just, I don't, I'm not too sure what happened to her father, but her mom also died when she was 11. Oh. So she was here with her brothers. Even though she was younger, she ended up taking care of them. She became a drug addict. She was a drug addict almost all her life until she was pregnant with my older brother. Wow. Didn't even know she was pregnant until she went into labor. That's how mm-hmm. high she was the whole time. Fast forward to me and my brother moving around a lot. Um, she relapsed quite a few times. I went to move around. I was involved in foster care. I lived with a few different my uncles, my aunts, everything down to where we kind of stabilized to where she lives now in my government housing area. Mm-hmm. I saw all my friends, few years younger, few years older, slowly um, get into like selling drugs, like just weed here and there, being just doing that, just getting comfortable with the housing projects and just you know collecting checks and doing nothing. And I thought to myself, okay, like I really need to get the hell out of here. I want, I want to have this car that's worth way more than it actually, like you know, value. I want to just like have all these things I don't necessarily need. A lot of it was out of anger for people who, I guess, were more fortunate to have both parents and then taking for granted. A lot of it was, I guess, just me being more so ambitious and driven through like I want what you have, and then more so I got more positive. Like outlook on it, where it's like, you know, I want to be stable. Mm-hmm. I want to, if I have kids one day, not spoil them. I want them to know the value of things, but for them to not have to worry the things that I did. Um, so my mom was, was like a very heavy set, like go to school, go to school. Um, she never went to any parent teacher meetings. Like, I think in school, skipping school every day, she wouldn't have known, but mm-hmm. I took it upon myself to realize that if I want to go somewhere, I can't be like a dumbass. I have to like, I'm not saying you can't go to school and be smart, but like I have to study, I have to do something. And me and my girlfriend, when I did in grade 11, like that just motivated me more. So I was like, what if I spend my life with you? I don't want to be a loser for you, I want to do something for you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that being said, I got a few scholarships, and I was like, I said, I didn't know where to go, but I knew I had to go somewhere, and I ran with it, and I'm happy I did now. That's awesome. Yeah. Let's shout, shout out to Nadar, guys. Yeah, yeah. Nice to Like, uh, So you basically, in a weird way, raise yourself. <laughs> Yeah, kind of. My mom said that though, she, she, if she heard that, she slapped me though. <laughs> no, but I, I definitely because there's a lot of times where I did have like other siblings that were kind of in the loop, but I don't even know how that happened. Not not like blood related, but my mom did try to take people in. When my mom was like not on drugs and she, she was doing well for herself, like she really is the most wonderful lady. It's crazy to me, my brother, but she is very helpful. Like even kids in the neighborhood now, they call her mom, they ask her for help. She does a lot of what she can, but. A lot of the times too, like, especially in my adolescence, where it's most important, I guess, where not only did I not have a father, but I need, like, a parental figure, like, how do I do this, like, mm-hmm. I need help with this, and in both their absence, a lot of things are scary to me, and even though I had my older brother, he was often gone too, because he was staying at his girlfriend to do something, so I really was the man of the house by default, and I had to do everything, like, you know, undercooking chicken, doing things like that, <laughs> like, learning from my mistakes, and it did make me feel quite angry at the world, but rather than feel sorry for myself, it made me like really driven to be like, oh, I'll fucking show you type of thing. And mm-hmm. even now, like 
I'm very fortunate where I am now, comfortable where I am now, finally, and I feel like that's why I have way less stress, because I feel stable, like I said. Mm -hmm. I still have plenty and plenty of goals, but I feel like I'm able to do things that, you know, I've awarded myself through hard work and discipline when I could be easily taken, like, a simpler route that doesn't involve working hard. So yeah, I, I took it, and then that was definitely my mom's proudest day when I graduated. Wow. And then, yeah, I still try to take whatever steps I can to, you know, better myself and my life in the future, obviously. Do you, do you reflect, as you, I know it's, it's cathartic in a way, do you reflect on the past now as a positive and use it as it's like, oh, this may be a man that I can become, or, or do you think of it like I could have been so much more? Uh, I always, uh, it's hard to say, like, if you were to ask me how older, I still wish, like, I was born in a different household, you know, with both parents, like, I had things, not just given to me, but, like, much, much easier, like, just, mm-hmm. just easier, I'm like, yeah, I definitely would think so, and I do like the, I do like the mindset I have now, I do like to work for things, like, if people talk about, like, oh, I wish I want a billion dollars, like, I was like, hmm, that'd be nice, but I still want to work for things, mm-hmm. I wish... I wish I'd rather want like, you know, like 50,000, so I have a little head start of boost, but I still want to trust in my struggle and believe in it and work hard to get where I want to go. Yeah. Rich, every, everything happens for a reason. I'm a firm believer of that, right? Everything happens for a reason. All of your lived experiences has led you to this moment right now, in this podcast right now, right? So everything has lined itself up the way it should have to land you here. For you to be in your comfortable position, for you to be happier, God knows where your life would have been had you been dealt a different uh, deck, right? Like, you, you don't know that, right? Yeah, yeah you could wish that you had this, you could wish you had that, but then what if that wish comes true and they're like, crap, you know, I really did have it all. I had the right mentality, now I have this, now what? Now I want something else. We're always going to want more and more, and there's always going to be more and more that we're going to want. So we got to accept sometimes we gotta accept that we're you know live in the moment right you are where you are right now you are happy right now so everything has aligned itself for you to be where you are right now and you're happy so in reality this is your best you know timeline if you would call it right and and to add to everybody's listening like i mean first of all thank you because being that personal and that detailed about what it is i mean i think Somebody out there is going to appreciate it and say, you know what, that guy fucking did it. I can make it too. And what? Your story's not done yet. Obviously, we call you the youngin', but <laughs> your, your opportunities are endless and you're motivating us because we never knew anything about this, right? This is a fresh perspective, fresh show, and we knew, like, you know, first episode we can joke about it. He met yeah. Jesse Reyes, but this one is like, <laughs> this one is. That's confidence. I like that. That's the attitude. But you know, like it's 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 a beautiful thing to see that, you know, as we as we as we continue to get comfortable in this conversation, is that to showcase that it's possible that you you went from that circumstance to the circumstances you are in now and leveling up each time. Go ahead. And like just touch on that too. um, That's why I find as much as like you know we're really backing up being positive and um, just looking on the bright side of things I, I do find once in a while it is okay to like you know just be angry at something be angry to just use it as a motivator to become positive yeah. because a lot of what drove me really was like even though I was super grateful and aware of what I did have which many people would consider not a lot 
I was angry at the fact that with my own capabilities, I couldn't do more. So I mm-hmm. just, I would always strive and strive and strive to get to a place where I at least had an opportunity. And mm-hmm. Given that opportunity, that anger, that drive, that motivation is what really let me succeed because the phrase succeed is because I really wanted to just, you know, push through everything, push through all those walls. Yeah, I think just feeding off of what you said, how you could use your anger to kind of push you forward. I, I know when I was at my angriest, I I kind of used that as my fuel to push forward. And mm-hmm. I think just having that anger, and I think for me, it was just proving people wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, all yeah, the things I, that were said to me, like, uh, I remember one of the things that was said to me when I was, uh, I think I was 19 at the time, my, my co-worker said, oh, you'll never get a job with that freaking neck tattoo. Mm-hmm. And that stuck with me. I was like, oh, I'll freaking show you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's funny because it's true. Like, everybody wants to put you in this little box, right? Like, hey, you grew up in housing and your mom had these circumstances and you had these circumstances. You're only limited at this border edge of the wall and mm-hmm. you can't go beyond it. But the, the, the truth is, there's no fucking wall. The wall is the imaginary thing that you're creating in yourself. Yeah, right? true. Right? I, as we go forward with multiple shows and Hopefully we see like there's, there's incredible people that showcase that every day of our lives that they say, you know what? We never, ex- we always say, I never expected this out of you. Never expected this out of you. But you know what? We can expect the world out of anybody, right? Yeah. So, and you are showing the world that you're capable of achieving. And, there, and there's another thing to add to that too, where you said that people are going to judge you because you didn't, you came from very little, right? People are going to judge you because you came from from a lot as well right like people would expect you to be like oh well you know you know this guy was handed everything in life this guy was given this this guy was given that you know what he's never gonna make it on his own he's not gonna make it on his own there's a challenge in front of it he's not gonna make it on his own you know why because he's been handed everything in life so they expect very little from that person right yeah but just flipping on what you were just saying too is like I think uh, no matter what your upbringing is, no matter what your social status, like I think everyone goes through something. And I had that other side. Like the way I grew up is like, I remember I, I worked at Acura and I worked with these kids that were, they were, they were driving cars into work that were like $100,000. And then my perception of them as the kid at the time was like all these freaking spoiled kids, like everything was handed to you, you'll never experience this, experience that. But once I got to know them and I got to know like the reality of their upbringing was like, yeah, they were wealthy and rich, but they never spoke to their parents. You know, like I feel like a very different life. Man. No, no, go ahead, Jonathan. Like it's fine to be honest with you. Like, like it's, you know, we all have perceptions. If you had a perception of people who were driving those cars, people have perception of us because we do a certain job or we come from a different upbringing. Go ahead, Chip. Okay, you going No, no, that's it. I mean, it's just like it's a perception thing, right? Yeah. Well, just one thing. Another for sharing this with us, you know, it means a lot. Um, appreciate people that are listening right now that they'll, you know, relate themselves to, to your story as well. Uh, so my question would be, um, would you would you change anything to, to your story? Uh, honestly, it's going to sound like really weird at this age now, but it's like I, I do wish I always had like my father figures. Mm-hmm. I feel as though like, I missed out a lot and just sometimes seeing people two parents, little, I don't wealthy or not, whatever, just seeing two parents, I was like, wow, um, they're so lucky. Mm-hmm. And 
I really wish so many, so many times growing up, I was like, I could have used advice. I could have used just like, you know, that father, father figure there to like really have my back because the way I felt it, felt my life was like a lot of people have two parents and they could count on them. Let's say they flip a coin. Heads is your, let's say your mom, tails is dad, you count on them. Mm-hmm. And not only did I have a one-sided coin, but my mom was also either, you know, just doing her drugs, like out of the picture, or just I wasn't home. So, mm-hmm. like, that one-sided coin was, like, was like flaky, too. It's just, like, sometimes I didn't have a coin to flip. Yeah. And I feel like mm-hmm. I felt alone so many times in different ways that, obviously, <laughs> obviously I don't want to yeah. feel. And then I felt inadequate in so many ways, too, because I didn't have someone to tell me otherwise. And you know what? And that's the problem with society that we have nowadays. The problem that we have is that we value so much on, we value so much financial, we value money, this, that, whatever. But people don't see what's in front of their face. Like, sure, we all want to have that nicer car. We all want to have that nicer house and this and that. Those are aspirations. But we have to value what we have. And the ones that have the family, that you, oh, you have won a lottery. Right. A yeah. absolute lottery. The support and love of a family is is like no other. Mm-hmm. I would never trade it for anything. I don't care. You name it. Nothing. And I would give everything I could possibly have to spend one more day with my family. Mm-hmm. And we do not value that too much. We don't value that at all in society as much. Too much, and it is all the social media and all this crap that they're pushing. It's all money, 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 money. It's all this fake crap. And the problem is, is once you get this fake crap, you don't have shit, and you're empty inside. Yeah. And then you realize once you've gotten to a level that you're so high, let's just say you're you're, you're ridiculously famous and this and that. A lot of the times, the people around you are fake, and they're not in it for you as a person. They're in it for whatever you can bring to their to their benefit. What financial gain can you bring to them? Mm-hmm. Right? So we really need to, we need to value family. Value. Family is like the top of the list, at least in my books. Yeah. And I'm sure all of you guys agree with me. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Right. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Sorry, man. So uh, another question I have for you, uh, Nadar. So, you know, we, we all understand that, you know, you went through like, you know, quite a lot of, you know, uh, history there. And, uh, um, how did you go through all that? Like, were you like taking positive? What what actually helped you go through um, all this? Honestly, no, I was not. I was not positive at all, and that's why I said I was very fortunate to meet my girlfriend when I did. Mm-hmm. Um, she kept on giving me that reassurance that I didn't think I could get, and she was a huge reason why I didn't give up. Um, not only trying to be successful, but just like life itself. She kept trying to. Remind me that I was worth something. Mm-hmm. So and she was your positive. She one hundred percent was. So shout out to her. Yeah. For that. Yeah. For getting you through that stage of life. Yeah, we don't we don't talk right now. And for sure. Because of how like how things are, but um, she definitely was, is not what she is the reason why I finished school. I even went to school. I have the job I have now, and I have a new outlook on things as well as I'm here today. And she was definitely yeah. like yeah. one. So even though like I said, like things are. Unfortunately, like not applicable right now. Like she, I'll always give her credit and I always tell her she doesn't want to hear. Like it's because of her. I, I did it for her, but it was 
ended up being for me. But that's amazing. Mm-hmm. What I need is yes, that's amazing. Goes to show you how much some people have, how how much impact some people yeah. have in their lives. Just a little bit of generosity, yeah. right? Like it can go a long way. That's that's I, I don't know. That's that's fucking powerful. Okay, I didn't know. It's great, man. Uh, and you know what? Thank you. Like you know what? That's personal. Yeah, that's for sure. And you know what? Um, and it helps us to be a little bit more personal as well because a lot of us have pieces of the story that we can relate to in here and that's just us and it's thank you like I, I, that's the bottom of my heart thank you you know what we can all relate to each other if we take the time to talk to each other that's right yeah no matter what the circumstances are mm-hmm. right 99.9% of the time that's not a real stat but you can connect with people mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. you just need to talk to people give people the time you know in society and in general, we are very, we're very emotional and emotion. And I tell this to people all the time. I say, we act emotional. We, when we argue, we argue emotionally. We're not act, we're not arguing with a, with a clear mind. We're not actually thinking a lot of times we say stupid things. Mm-hmm. We've all done it. Right. So we're very emotional and we need to sometimes need to take time to, to relax and think and you know that meditation taking time for yourself walking away from a situation at times coming back to it positive outlook oftentimes helps us out right so rich um i got a question for you because you know obviously we prepared um just to uh, pull the curtain back obviously we prepared a little bit for the show because this is going to be emotionally intense and you you've written a few things as well that i, I like to ask questions uh things about trying to get into a career with 20 jobs. Like, what is that like? Because you're a relatively young man. 20 jobs is a huge amount of jobs to, yeah. to, to, you know, to amass to get to where you are now. So can you share a little bit where we know? Because there's a lot of people trying to get into jobs and get into careers that kind of like what we have. But how, how did your journey begin? So my job... The job that I, I, I aspired for was it was a very it's a very specific niche job and it's very it's difficult to get into it's a very competitive job mm-hmm. and oftentimes it requires a lot out of out of a person mm-hmm. right it requires a lot of commitment right and oftentimes you know they want to see that you're very committed to certain jobs and this and that so that having those twenty plus jobs to me it actually always worked it worked against me in my, in my mind I always thought I was at a negative um, I got at a negative playing field because I had so many jobs, but it turned out to actually work in my benefit because those little jobs, those little bits of experience, uh, of experiences, different experiences, pieced me together to the person that I am today, mm-hmm. and it actually helped me get to where I am today. Mm-hmm. And 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 I can go back in time. Like sure, I'm I'm, I'm younger, right? I'm 28. I was joked that I'm older. But no, I'm 28 years old, right? 27, actually. Um, but I can pull back from these different memories from having these 20 different jobs. It actually helps out quite a bit. So at the time, right, going back to to, to feeling bugged down and, and really negative, I always thought, you know, because I was so concerned about what people thought of me and, and the job that I wanted to get into was all about what people thought of me, mm. right? And, and, and it really played against me. And... And I got to the point where at one point I, um, I, I, I was, I was working this job and, and I was working the night shifts and, and my girlfriend at the time was actually in a different country 
and my family, they were always, um, my schedule didn't really line up with them, especially with nights and working weekends and this and that. And my commute was, was initially was short because I was going against traffic. But then I started going, or sorry, I was going, yeah, I was going with the traffic. So I had rush hour in both ways. So I was actually really, that I think was one of my lowest moments um, that I was really bogged down and that I was really, um, yeah, I just didn't feel like I was amounting to anything. I was, I was really, was very, I isolated myself. I was alone. I didn't talk to my family. I didn't talk to anybody about this. And I really felt like depressed for the first time in my life. Mm. Um, but it was almost like that. I had to, I had to take myself away from that moment. And I, I, I quit my job and I stopped working for a whole year. Mm-hmm. For an entire year, just a few years ago, I stopped wow. working. And I took all that time, that living in the moment, and I did it for an entire year. Wow, nice. I did it for a whole year. And and some people will look back at it. My family, being from my culture, I'm Italian, Argentinian. Um, John, you're, you're Filipino. We're all very uh, cultural people. Our family would look at that and be like, well, what are you doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're, not, you're not productive at all. But in reality... Thinking back at it, that was almost one of the more productive times that I had wow. because I really, I was really in my head. I, I, I was so caught up in, in how people looked at me that I, I didn't take a second to look at myself, right? And that year, that time off, I, I traveled, I hung out with my sister, something that I hadn't really done where I was really close to my sister. We went on, uh, we went on a trip to Spain. Right, um, fast, fast track. A year later, we went to a trip. Uh, we went on a trip to Italy, and she actually told me. She said, "You know what? I want to live more in the moment." Because when we were on our trip the last time, I was so concerned about taking pictures and capturing the moment that I wasn't actually in the moment. Mm. I was taking pictures of it, mm. right? And and those little words. I know she doesn't think that they stuck out, but they really stuck out to me. That was a big thing about living in the moment. And, and it really, on that trip, when we went to Italy, really kind of like, it started my gears and, and being like, okay, you know what? Yeah, live in the moment. To hell with it. And, and it kind of, kind of brought me back to that aspect almost when I had in high school where where I wanted to fit in with everybody and then eventually I just said, you know what, forget it. I'm going to be who I am. I went right back to that mentality. And it was like, a, it clicked like that and I got started right on the back, on the, on the good track again. And, back on the ball at working again and I actually funny enough I got <laughs> I got hit with a little dose of reality on that journey back to, to getting in line and I had applied for a job at RABA wow, okay. and, and I got rejected for the, those who don't know what RABA is uh, listeners uh, it's a Toronto store. area convenience store it's uh, really well known for their sandwiches and uh, late night eats yeah and shout out to RABA it's a really good place Rabba, <laughs> but you Mr. guys rejected. You guys rejected me. So, <laughs> but but at that point, I was like, wow, that was like a nice punch to the stomach. I was like, man, I, I, I'm, I'm at this time, I'm applying for a career, and Reb was not accepting me, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this sucks. But I, nevertheless, I just pushed on, and and you know what, everything ended up working out the way it worked out, and I am where I am today, and yeah, like I said. You know, I live in the moment. Sorry, go ahead. It's great. Yeah. No, just going off of what you were saying earlier, it's like every certain person has some sort of effect to your life, whether it's huge, whether Absolutely. it's small. Yeah. But I feel like in those 20 jobs you've had, 
I feel like how many people that you've met in that so, time span? Like I'm sure some of them had some sort of effect to your life, right? They've had and a maybe lot it's had an effect on their life as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I, I, to add to that, Richard, um, I'm very curious about how, like you know I grew up with that minority mindset and family mindset. And I've never had that time off. How did that feel? Like, how did you do it? Like, how did you keep away the noise of the family? Because the noise of the family is everything in our mind. It's heavy. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's heavy. It's like, oh, your kid is fucking up. He's an embarrassment. You know, he doesn't even have a job. He's in his fucking 20s. I've been there. Yeah. Right? Right? When I was a security guard or whatever, or like when I was working in the factory sweeping the floor, like, oh, this is the education he's fucking using. Like, how did you do that year? How did you manage to be positive during that time? I wasn't. Oh, wow. Okay. I wasn't positive whatsoever. Absolutely not. Can you, can you dig deeper on that for us? Yeah, I can't really say that. I had a very positive outlook until the very end. Like, I actually, at that time, for a lot of that time, a big portion of it, I was actually kind of bugged down. Like, I was actually kind of feeling like crap. And even with the traveling and spending time with the family, like it, it was slowly building up. Mm. But for a big portion of that time, no, I, I wasn't feeling positive whatsoever. It was the very end wow. that really kind of kicked me into it. And kind of was like a wake-up call. And what happened? Now, first of all, you know, we use these fluff words like depressed and this and that. I know it sounds like I'm calling it a fluff word, but it's a very big word, but it has mm. so many detailed meanings. What did what did depression mean for you at that time? I wasn't happy in my own skin, mm. and that was simply how I could describe it. Because I and, and I don't don't know what the feeling of depression is, and that was the closest that I could say that I was unhappy with myself, mm. right? And yeah. Wow. And then what started switching the mentality? It can't be just a trip. It's got to be a hanging out with my family. It was spending that time with my family, okay, with the yeah. people that care for you, the people that are, are, are that they have your best interests at heart. Sometimes we have to filter out people in our lives. Yes, we really do. Mm-hmm. We can't devote time. Time is is it is what it is, right? Yeah. Sometimes the people that you've known for a few days or a few hours have a bigger impact on your life than people that you've known for twenty. Five plus years, right? Yeah. No, just contributing to that. Like, I feel like that was a big contribution to my stress and burnout. Was I kept certain people in my life, like fully knowing that they weren't doing any good, but I just kept them around solely based on our history. You know, like I've been friends with you since elementary school. Like, I gotta keep you around, or I keep a toxic relationship around because I didn't want to be single. Just stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But at times, there's there's ways that you can influence that relationship and change it. I mean, just it, it, that saying goes, you can't teach an old dog tricks. Sure, you can. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah, I'm not saying you can. It's just for that that time in my yeah. life. Like, I was trying to push forward, and I'm just hanging out with people that always go into yeah. fights. Yeah. You know, it, it's not a good thing. You know, like I, had, I made my decision. Yeah. So Rich, um, one thing that stuck out to me at the end is that when your sister said to you, I want you to, I want to live in the moment, I struggle with that. I think a lot of us struggle with living in the moment. Most people do because we don't know what the moment is anymore because we want to capture it. Yeah. But what, what is what is living in the moment? 
That's a good question. It's appreciating everything that you have around you, right? Like a a good a good way. It sounds really bad to think about it, and a really morbid way to think about it too. If you really think about it, is you have to lose everything sometimes mm-hmm. to come to that realization. You can't. You almost can't teach someone that based on your life experiences. That person has to grow up and have their own life experiences where they've lost these things that they that they that they would have cherished that they they didn't realize that was so good to them at that time and they lost it. Right. I think that's a big realization uh, about um, how to enjoy things in the moment. Right. So. Uh... You guys both uh, wanted to contribute. Go ahead. And yeah, I was going to say, um, kind of touching on what you said, uh, I feel like for me, living in the moment is like, <clears throat> you don't know there's going to be a tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I never, and I used to think about that in a negative way. Like, I don't give a shit about anything because I don't know if I'll be around tomorrow. But now it's like, you know what? I know I shouldn't, but I want, I want to eat that really greasy burger because I don't know if I'll be around <laughs> It's like, you know what? Like, let me jump off this cliff into water. It's like, this might be why I'm not here tomorrow, but like, why not? And like, I, I really started to live by that, especially this year, which is why I feel like it's been like one of, one of my best, even despite the whole virus and everything. Um, yeah. You know, different job, different scenery, just a whole bunch of different things. And it's like, my first time too, it's like, I went on three trips this summer, despite everything. And it's like, I never thought I'd be able to do that. I was just so excited and like, Normally, the day I arrive, let's say, for my trip, is I like, you know, this college trip, I'd be like, oh, I gotta go to work, like, whatever. Sometimes, you know, on, like, switchover days or whatever, I'd be like, oh, work, but I never thought about that. I was like, crap, I'm here now. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to just do whatever. I want to stay awake all night if I can. I just want to eat everything bad if I can. It's just like, uh, I I don't care about, like, of course, I could think back, like, oh, shit, I should be working out. It's like, no, I don't care about that. Let me eat. Let me just eat until I can't eat anymore. Yeah. And it's funny that, um... I start to think this way now. I never thought I'd pull out of, you know, thinking the other way, but uh, an odd tradition came out of, like, me thinking that way. So the first trip I went on, me and one of my really good friends were like, you know what, like, let's just go, like, run into the water, like, two in the morning in the lake. And he's like, no, man, we can't do that. I was like, why the hell not? And he's like, and he was he was a bit drunk, so I was like, ah, oh, probably not. And he's like, too late, I'm going. And he started running. I was like, shit, I, I did it as, like, a joke, but I ran after him, and we yeah. went in. Yeah, it went in. I mean, him went in. It was freezing. It was freezing. I was like, you know what? We were in there for like 10, 15 minutes. It was freezing. It was so good. Fast forward like another six weeks. We went on another trip. It was like 6 a.m. in the morning this time. Everyone's like, some. It was a big trip. Like 12 of us probably. Like some people were like pass out drunk. Some people were, you know just eating donuts. Like you know what we gotta do now. And so three of us went to the dock. This is in Grand Bend, so the water is beautiful. And we went in. We're like, let's go. We just do backflips into the, the water. It wasn't as cold this time. And, um, at night time again? Yeah, it was like, it was like, it was like, just like, the sun was just like coming up. It was so nice, but like, it was still, we were in enough time where it was dark till when like, mm-hmm. the sun was out. And it, this one was way nicer. And fast forward to the third time, uh, my birthday in September, my girlfriend and my friend surprised me. I've never been surprised like this before. Like, I could always catch on something, a hundred seat, I'll do something like, I know exactly <laughs> what this is. And I, around that time, I was feeling, you know, really, really sad. I was feeling like, wow, like, I, I tried to put so much effort with my friends and like, they're purposely not like, you know, even mentioning my birthday. I didn't care for anything. I was like, let me host something, come for a barbecue, because that's what yeah. I do in the summer. I was like, come to a barbecue, I'll get you guys drunk, whatever, right? And they're like, yeah, well, maybe just go to the beach for a day. And I was like, yeah, sure. And they planned, joking, saying some of my friends canceled. So I was like, ah, oh, and I wasn't going to go. They convinced me to go, and I was just so out of the loop. They're like, hey, like, um, 
one of my friends was like, yeah, um, I actually have other friends that are here right now. They rented an Airbnb right by. He's like, do you want to just like swing by? I was like, yeah, sure. Next thing I know, I'm walking in. They're singing happy birthday to me. <laughs> and I was so caught off guard. Like, that's probably one of the happiest moments of my life. Seriously, I felt, I felt so loved. And like, yeah. I felt like, you know, this is my my own family that I made. That's fortunate mm-hmm. enough to come across it. I was so out of the loop, so like sad for myself. When I started saying happy birthday, I was like, whose birthday is this? <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, fast forward like to the, like the last night we were there to continue on the tradition. We went to the water again like three in the morning. This time it was a storm. It was crazy. Like the again, water was pitch black. It was pitch black. Like it looked like Poseidon was having like a fight with someone. Like when the, when the lightning came, you could see just so far and it was so scary. We're like this time we're like, oh, I don't know if we're gonna do it. And even him, as wild as he is, he's the wildest one for sure. He's like, he's like, I don't know, man. I don't think I'm gonna do it. And I was like. You start a tradition now. I have to do it. So this time I ran in, and then like we all just like three of us ran in this time instead, and it was just crazy. And like that came out of living in the moment, and it's something that I look forward to. And we joked about like if we do something in January, February, we go somewhere. Like I don't care if it's ice on the lake, we're breaking through. We go, and it's something we, we do. Know, I look at forward night. to. At night. <laughs> okay, so you know I know there's a thing about living in the moment, but like you gotta think about your life. The Loch Ness mo- monster exists, <laughs> and it comes out at night. You said Poseidon was out that one night. No, 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 no. Poseidon was out every single night at night. There's stuff that happens under the water. You'll mess with the water now. You'll mess with the. I live by the ocean. That shit's scary at night. You don't want to be in the water. And then those sharks come out of the water. I don't care if it's a lake. There's sharks in there too, and piranhas, <laughs> and eels, and whatever is in the. There's they're all in there. You, you gotta read the, the, the water. You, you gotta read the moment, man. Yeah, like during the day when you can see under the water. Just to touch up on that, like I'm not <laughs> like we're not saying like don't plan your life. You, you gotta have that, but I think just being fully invested in the moment. Like for me right now, like I'm fully invested into whatever you guys are saying. You know, I'm amongst good friends. We're talking. We're having a good conversation. I'm not fixated on what happened yesterday. I'm not fixated on what's going on tomorrow or years from now. I'm really in this room right now, and I feel I feel like that's what living the moment was. Yeah. Like I remember I had a moment I was in, I was on vacation at St. Thomas. I was ATVing. I I don't recommend this, but I I, I stood on the ATV and I spread my arms out tight, tight, <laughs> Titanic style. I my arms out Titanic style. I had the wind blowing. I was like, this is life right now. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Yeah, don't ever do that. No, don't ever do that. Just, don't just an example. Like, stuff Maybe like that. do that off of a boat when like someone else is driving. No, I'm just saying, like, when you have <laughs> moments like that, like, wow, like, life is beautiful right now. At this, at this moment, you know? I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad that there's, like, there's all these turnarounds and, you know, I could help understand living in the moment because, personally, I don't know how to do it myself. You know my suggestion? Yes. Go in the water in the nighttime? Nope. Absolutely <laughs> not. I would never recommend anybody doing that. I would strongly urge you don't. I'm like, um, go camping. I go camping. We live in Canada. We have a beautiful country. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful country. Ontario's massive. Alberta, British Columbia, all the other places. So much forestry, so much land. That is living in the moment, going out and just waking up. Yeah, it might suck in the morning when it's cold, but it's not, it's a beautiful view just looking at nature. So just to touch up on that, Jazz, have, like, have you been like that you feel like your whole life? Or maybe in the past like 10 years or anything? Bro, I, I, I honestly... Um, so like, this is an interesting day for me because uh, I personally am addressing 
my issues mm-hmm. head on. I think Jonathan, I spoke to you in private and mm-hmm. got a recommendation of a good counselor. Um, uh, and it's, uh, it's something that I've dealt with a lot through life because um, my dad was very ill when I grew up and he's ill now too. He grew up, he, had, he has polio. Mm-hmm. His leg uh, is, has atrophied a lot. Um, I was born here, but they made enough money. They said, oh, we'll go back to India. We'll live a comfortable life, all that stuff. And they go back to India and they have financial downfall and they have forced to go back home to Canada, right? To rebuild their lives again. And I'm kind of like, I come here for a bit and I get sent back home. You have all these abandonment issues and not knowing who I am because I have a Canadian accent going to India, barely can even speak the language there. Mm-hmm. And come back to Canada, can't barely speak the language here because I'm pretty much all Indian though because I'm so young at the time, mm-hmm. right? You lose your language skills. Mm-hmm. But, and then, you know, like, and then when you come here and then feel the, that financial pressure of that they can't afford to keep you here, so they're going to send you home and stay there. So I, I grew up there, not knowing who I want to be and trying to get back here. So like it was always a stressful thing because I never felt comfortable in my space. I never had my own space. I was living in somebody else's space mm-hmm. all the time. And so like it's, it started there. And then I, I, it's to, to even establish like when I got here, I, you know, right now you see me, I have my hair cut off and things like that. Mm-hmm. But my mom's pressure was like, Oh, uh, you know, it'd be nice if you identified with your culture, wear a turban, do this, grow your hair, be a vegetarian, mm-hmm. and, and so on. So, like, I started growing out my hair, and then, unfortunately, I, I grew up at home with a lot of physical abuse as well, mm-hmm. and a lot of domestic abuse as well. And so I used to witness it on a very, very regular basis and experience it. So, I basically got pushed into wearing a turban in a way, like... Like, I got abused to the point, like, if you're not going to do this, you're going to do that, and beating and all that. Mm-hmm. So from there, like, uh, I just started feeling numb. I just started feeling like the moment comes to me, and I'm just going to be numb and just deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've got, that's how today's experience of counseling has let me understand that that's how I cope with things. I just go to the next, go to the next. Mm-hmm. Because cause not, none of it... In a weird way, I used to think none of it mattered. Like my decisions don't matter, my feelings don't matter. It's a, it's my job to appease everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then, as soon as I actually ended up coming to Canada, my mom gets extremely sick. She has arthritis. She has extreme. Uh, she can't move very much. I commend her for all the strength that she showed and survived for so long. Um, and then she passes away, which is a, another fucked up story that I always blame myself because. Um, I stressed her out. Uh, I started having a relationship with from high school to my early adulthood with somebody who was outside of my culture. Mm. And it was a big no-no. I grew up in a life that where they were very rigid about those things. Like, mm. you marry within your culture, you fraternize within your culture, like in those intimate relationships. And the moment, that the year that I told my mom that I have this relationship and it's serious and it's going to go forward, she gets sicker, sicker, sicker. The moment that the last moment I remember was um, we had a fight and I'm going to somebody's wedding, a work-related wedding mm-hmm. with my then fiance. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, and that was the last conversation. We had an argument and then on the next day I wake up to her having seizures and she never woke up from them. Mm-hmm. And just go on. 
And from there on, it just has been like that. Me and my dad have never had a relationship because he grew up in a very abused household. His dad was an army, uh, worked in the Indian Army, and would come home and abuse the kids. So none of the family on my dad's side really have a healthy relationship with each other either. Mm. So like I don't, I don't have a male role model to look at that's gonna tell me like that's how I'm supposed to be a man. Mm. Like every time I would have feelings or cry, I would get beaten because you're like you're being a little. Yeah, you know, yeah. B-I-T-C-H if you want to say it, right? But but not in those words because we don't speak like that at home. And like even the fact that I couldn't use English at home or things like that, like it, there's nothing allowed, nothing I did allowed me to express. The only thing I was allowed to do was get good grades and move on. I'm yeah. working on that healing process of working through these issues. And like, it just seems like the whole time, like that's the childhood part of it, then the adulthood part of it. The bullying started as soon as I started with the turban. It was the anti, you know, like the, I was beaten all the time. I was chased home all the time. There were people waiting outside my house all the time. Oh. Every time I would walk at the bus stop, people would surround me and say I don't belong in the country and things like that. So like, I had to train myself to be completely numb to experiences, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's why I asked that question. That how do you feel the moment because mm-hmm. I feel like every time I'm about to feel a moment something's gonna fuck it up for me mm-hmm. right it's always been like that so in, in a way I've moved on to just working on serving others all the time and that being my goal and that's why I mean the work that I do is because I feel like that's the only thing that matters right that's the only thing where I don't get harassed as much mm-hmm. I don't get mm-hmm. I don't get abused as much about what I'm trying to do I mean, work can be tough, life can be tough, and you become a product of what you're su- surrounded by, and that's, and that's what it is. Like, I, I didn't know what a positive outlook looked like. I didn't know mm-hmm. what, a, what I could actually achieve, and I, I'm surprised that I made it to this point. And, you know, and then you can go on, like, adulthood, work, all the shit that we see and do at our work because of what we do, and then... And many of you guys know my personal relationship with when my hero, my personal hero is my wife. Mm-hmm. And the shit that she's fucking gone through. Like, I feel like I'm surrounded by people that have gone through so much. So it's like, for me to feel that negative energy or feel those things, I don't get a moment to think about it or reflect on it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is to work through that. And that's why I look to you guys because... You know, when you said that, it really clicked with me. Live in the moment. I never... Yeah, I knew what it was like. Yeah, never knew what it was like to be living in the moment. And all, like, so, I, I, you know, this is a really he- much of a healing episode for me because I feel like in a weird way, we're making a connection that makes me feel vulnerable. Yeah, like, um, I just want to stop you there real quick. I just want to say, you know, how good for you, man. Like... Like, it takes so much courage to take that initial step to just even realize, like, you know what, I, I do need that help. Mm-hmm. Like, good for you, man. Like, it, it takes a lot of courage, I think, in my opinion, to, one, realize it, and two, actually go for it. Because I feel like a lot of people are scared to be vulnerable, just in general, or be vulnerable with complete strangers, right? Mm-hmm. But once you get into the flow of it, it's like you're dumping that negativity on your shoulders, like, somewhere else, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And and here's the thing, he said you should start it beforehand. Yes. So that you, because you don't want to be searching for someone that you make a connection with 
when you're in a vulnerable state. Mm-hmm. You want to stat. You want because sometimes it takes a while to, to open up with someone. We can't just open up to anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you're going into really deep things about yourself that you generally don't want other people knowing. That's right. You go on therapy, right? And to kind of help you work throughout uh, throughout all that and. You don't want to be shopping for someone, for lack of a better term, is when you're in crisis. So to establish a baseline with someone beforehand is perfect. Because then they get to know you as a person when you are feeling good. And then they may be able to uh, to see signs of you going in a negative uh, down spiral. And can help you before you even get to that point. Before you even realize that you're, you're starting to... To decline, right? And I and I agree with you guys on that because um, when my mom passed, there was a lot of blame I was doing that, and I worked. Uh, uh, you know, I go into the uh, employment assistance and and uh, try to talk to somebody, and it didn't. I, it was too late, as as you said, like because I wasn't ready for it, and also I didn't collect with the people, and I just mm-hmm. I kind of like shunned it away. I just put it away in the past, and then. Soon after that, my life started changing. Things started happening. I mean, I busted my knee, then I recovered. And then I went on this life-changing trip where I met my future wife, my current wife, and my only wife, I guess you'd say. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, like, there's a lot of shit, though, because, like, you know, like, I didn't know what my identity was, and I didn't know what the moment was, because even with my last relationship, she's outside my culture. I tried to convert to that religion. I tried to do all the mm. things. And what fucked it up and what really threw me off with that relationship was that there was a morality aspect of it that I just couldn't get over because I was being told I prayed around like I was a born again of something, right? Like I was like, I finally found the right path. Whatever path I was going through was incorrect. So like I've always had these issues. It's like every time I'm trying to achieve something sort of happiness, it's some fucked up shit that throws me up in the direction. So, you know, I've been listening to you since the, the beginning and, uh, um, you know, I heard what you said about your mom and, and how she, she passed out, the last conversation you had with her, uh, how people were following you uh, and bullying you, you know, uh, ab- abuse at home and all that. Um, you know, something, I, you know, I should tell you and, and you should know that by now and everyone, uh, I'm pretty sure will agree with me, it's, it's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. None of that you just told us is your fault. So I think um, you, you know, I'm not a, a counselor, obviously. Yes, yes, yes. We just have a clear conversation. I totally think, you know, uh, um, you should accept the fact that, you know, uh, things like that happen. Um, and it's it's hard. It's hard for you. It's hard for your family, your immediate family. But you should also try to like leave the moment and be for you right and, and be and uh do things that are like good for yourself uh, um leave the moment let's say uh, you're driving home and this the the sunrise or or the uh, uh sunshine is the, the the landscape is so nice you just you know look at it for two seconds and be like you know what? I should stop there and, and enjoy this. Pull over and, and, and take a moment. With take it. a moment and, and, and for yourself and be like, you yeah. know what? I'm gonna treat myself with this. Right Turn now. the music yeah. off. Starting with that, like you don't have to make huge leaps and bounds right yeah. after that, right? It could be something as simple as, like you said, you know, taking in the sunset and how beautiful yeah. it is, or you can even take it a step back even further, like I am currently brushing my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm brushing my teeth. And right be like, now. I deserve it. 
you know what and that, in that fucked up mentality in the past would be like uh, something's gonna fucking go wrong with my teeth <laughs> right like it's just that you know we all have that self talk you know like I, I, you know a lot of us can relate to it it's like we can never fully immerse ourselves in the moment 100% sometimes because mm-hmm. we feel like the other shoe's about to drop but there's always the other shoe about to drop and it's gonna change what we are comfortable with or where we mm-hmm. doing that but it's like mm-hmm. I'm starting to learn that that's an opportunity of growth and gaining new perspective because mm-hmm. without it, I wouldn't be where I am and meeting, staying with these great individuals that we're talking with right now. Like even just in, in general, like there's a lot of, we have a lot of things and obviously we can't always go deep, deep. I mean, if you guys as listeners enjoy this, what we're talking about, we will continue with this progress and talk about it. But there's, there's a lot like, you know, Things like what I've gone through, what Nadar's gone through, what Rich has gone through, what John's gone through, what Chase's gone through, that Chase probably going to share as well, is it's a lot. And, and you know what? And you're not alone. As fucked up as you think that your situation is, there's people out there that understand that they have an issue that is also fucked up too. And then, mm-hmm. you know what? You're not alone. And seeing this and talking it over right now, like, feeling that and obviously I've had the foresight and the help because I've already had the on-ramp of going counseling literally today and then we're talking about this so like I'm like I'm a little bit more smooth like I would be fucking breaking down and crying like I was earlier but it's it's it's, it's a lot like there's a lot and obviously we're just talking about what we're talking about there's, you know there's a lot to unpack in all of us and you know what we're, we're open and we're happy to share and and I'm I, like working on positive outlooks positive perspective taking a moment and enjoying the moment because you know what as Nadar has pointed out as Jonathan and Rich you don't know if that moment's going to be there the next time around right exactly. so you got to take mm-hmm. it now exactly. and, and, and you know what all the struggles we've gone through like your, Nadar has gone through I've gone through and everybody's gone through it only makes you a better and stronger person to deal with all the things that are going to come at us at the end of the day mm-hmm. and I truly believe that and I don't know I don't know what else to say about it than that because I'm finally learning how to feel in the moment maybe when we do a check-in episode I'm like yeah this is the stuff that I felt at the time and think about right now I'm still a little numb so it yeah. seems a little transparent and kind of like vanilla but I'm very much raw and numb to this right now and I'm still trying to figure out what's going on mm-hmm. right so like well thank you Jay like I <laughs> You made me laugh about the whole stuff. pull over on the side of the road and look at the landscape. <laughs> so, how, what about you, man? Highlights, though. Highlights, yeah. What's going on there? Actually, what's going on? Well, for myself, uh, you know what brought me a lot of stress, uh, brings me a lot of stress. It's more like, you know, family pressure and financial pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, what would be, you know, I, I was born and raised in Haiti. Um, as you guys know, Haiti is not the richest, uh, you know, country. Um, so it, it wasn't very, it, it wasn't easy. So we, uh, my dad, um, you know, filed for for immigration to, for us to be able to like come here uh, when I was eleven. Um, and you know, luckily he was he was granted you know like uh, residency and, and all that. Um, so uh, we moved here. Uh, me and my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, uh, you know, I spent most of my life with my dad. Uh, I was raised by him as a single father. Um, 
Yeah, so we moved here, we were like the two of us, and my dad was very strict and he put a lot of pressure on me you know, to go to school and, and bring like the best, you know, uh, um, results and, and, and God knows what would happen to me <laughs> if, uh, you know, would bring back all, the, all those uh, results. Um, so it was very, um, it was, my dad was a great, he was a great person. He's still a great dad, and, and, um, but when I was younger, we're not very close. We're, he was more like a, a like a, a father, more than a friend. I don't know if you guys can, you know, see what I'm trying to say. He, he was, he wasn't trying to be my friend or to be close to me. He was more, he was putting more pressure on me because he didn't want me to like, you know, fail or, uh, uh, be, you know, the one everybody's talking about. All oh, the the, Chase doing this, James is is doing that, you know. It's very all those bad things. It was, yeah, it disciplined me a lot too, like a lot of like physical abuse. But that, you know, I'm not mad at because they made me the person I am today. Um, so you put a lot of pressure on me to like you know um, to go to school, and I remember him asking me to uh, to go to nursing school yeah. at some point. Yeah, he was a doctor. <laughs> I. I don't know why he, he wanted me to uh, to become a nurse. I, I still don't understand yeah. why. Good job, though. Yeah, shout out to Good job, respect for nurses. Especially nurses. now during this COVID nineteen times. Oh, yeah, gosh. but oh, the thing is, it's not for everyone. No, so uh, I'm not, not. I wasn't, you know, built for for this. Um, and that actually, uh, when I was what 19, 18, 19 or so, this uh, that actually. Um, the fact that my dad was not supporting me in what I wanted to do at the time, which was uh, business administration, mm. something like completely different. Mm. Yeah, and uh, you know, he would tell me the discouragement, tell me, you know, oh, don't do this because uh, you know you're not gonna find jobs. Um, that actually keeps me from, from you know uh, um, doing what I wanted to do at the time, and and um, and to. Uh, um, Fulfill myself and, and 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 be you know motivated in what I'm doing because that that kills all the mo- the motivations I I had in the time to go to school. Mm-hmm. So I started you know working you know um, shady jobs and do all trying to like you know make a living um, and yeah and also my mom uh, is still back in Haiti not working because there's no job obviously so I was always the one responsible to like you know take care of her and and that all that put kept you know putting pressure on, on me to like you know support her family um, here and back um, back in Haiti uh, but all this you know pressure and and and, and uh, you know stress in a sense Help me become the person I am today. You know, uh, that's also one thing. You know, in my personality, you guys know me. That's I always try to focus on the uh, positive side of of, of mm-hmm. things, uh, not to like you know drown myself. You know, in in uh, you know negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. I was never that person. I hope I will never be. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I don't think there's necessarily something wrong to it. You know, because this, you know, that can actually help you know, become. Whoever you you know you will become one day, uh, but 
be staying positive and and, uh, and do you know positive things and, and and try to like you know help myself mm-hmm. rather than you know you know caring about you know what my dad and and everyone else was thinking mm-hmm. about me uh help me you know uh fulfill my dream and, and bring bring me you know in front of you guys today um so it's so like a question because you know as we were just talking about like um the topics and, and you're sharing you know, one thing that stuck out to me that you said you're paralyzed in your early 20s, and I feel like I relate to that too because I was trying to find my way and find a career. I studied something completely different. That sounds like what you were talking about. Yeah. And they said, it was, my parents didn't say it was good enough for what it was. I didn't want to quit. How did you manage through that pressure? Oh, well, it was, it was hard. It was, it was really hard. Um, so, what I meant by that, uh, you know, uh, paralyzed my early twenties is more like uh, to school. I wasn't going to school, mm-hmm. so I stopped uh, going to school to work, you know, in, in factories and, and, and like shitty jobs that you know I, I didn't like. I don't think anyone would like, but I, had, I still had to to work. Um, so I wasn't able to like you know do exactly. Um, what I wanted to do, and I and I was too scared of my dad to um, actually do something else, mm-hmm. and and go in front of him and be like, oh, I have a diploma in that, and what he would he would he would have said, you know, at the time, he would probably say, oh, you know, great, I'm con- congratulations, I'm, I'm I'm happy for you, but but I was expecting him to to be like super negative mm-hmm. about it, so I was more like like a like scared of his reaction. Uh, more than anything else, mm-hmm. uh, so you're basically imprinting your fear on from your dad to him. Like you know, he'd probably be proud of you, but you just thought he's gonna think negatively because he's made the remarks before. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, you know what I think? It is? I think your parents, at the end of the day, it's just like my mind. They weren't too excited with the field that I wanted to study. Um, they weren't all for it, but then they saw the amount of passion that I had for it, and then they they turned around and and when they see that that you're passionate about something and they support you either way, you know, they're your parents at the end of the day. Right? Absolutely. He's just happy that you pushed through with what you wanted to do. Actually, maybe even more proud because you stuck with what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, in the, in the uh, financial way, like, having my mom, like I was telling you guys earlier, Living in Haiti, I have a little brother as well. I actually ninety five percent of my family still live back there. I have aunts and a bunch of uncles, and they all have my number. <laughs> so, <laughs> of they So whenever, whenever something is up, whenever like one of my cousins have to go to school, whenever there's you know something important with the family, my grandma is sick. I'm I'm the first person to call because the way I see it is you know it's my family, mm-hmm. right? If they're calling me, that's it's. There's a reason for it. They 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 have this need to like do something or they, they, they need something. So I have to like provide. I have to like you know help them. Is a support right? Yes, yeah, support exactly. So that actually affects me a lot in the sense that you know my bank account never has like more than a certain amount. And uh, right now it's better, 
But for the longest time, guys, honestly, man, for the longest shout time. Shout out to the Positive Bank account. Oh, yeah, shout out to that. <laughs> shout out to that. It takes a lot of stress out of a lot of people's lives, but it's uh, all about Yeah, it. yeah. You know, like, I, I did a lot of things where not pay a bill to send that money to, like, my mom or, like, a family member. Um, and that would affect me, it would affect my, uh, my credit, and, and so on, you know, um, so yeah, it's, yeah, just say something to that, like, you're, you're a very good person, very good, like, family member, that like, like, I honestly couldn't say I would do the same in every situation, there's oftentimes my mom would ask me for money while I was in university, and I'd just be, like, surprised, like, here I am trying to pay all these other bills, and I like, and I already know how much her rent is, it's next to nothing, so besides her addiction, besides, like, how are you going to ask me for money? And I'm her youngest out of, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I did, and sometimes I didn't. Not that I necessarily couldn't, but I just felt more so I know how greatly I would struggle. Like, I, like you said, sometimes mm-hmm. you miss a bill. And if I was put in a position like that 50 times, sometimes even more, sometimes I wouldn't. And, like, she, she was able to ask my other siblings and stuff. She knows, like, Katie usually the most to send her something. But a lot of times I didn't as well. So for you to do that for people, you're not even, well, obviously your family, but so distant, so far away, especially having, you know, your own child now and everything. It's like, that's very big of you. And I honestly could say that you're saying. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, generosity is actually seen through what, you know, we have the privilege to know each other outside of this place as well. Um, I've never met anyone more generous and genuine right away. Like, I felt part of his family as soon as I met him. I'm like, I don't even know this guy. Why the heck is this guy? <laughs> I this magnetic personality. Yeah, so, this is good to look It's Jason Derulo, by the way, guys. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, amazing, guys. Um, Thanks, uh, you know, I know we, didn't, we, we don't come up with all the solutions. It's all a work in progress. And for people who are feeling stressed out and burnt out, Please uh, don't don't think too hard and deep what people will think of you or judge of you. Go get the help that you want. Go lean on the support that you want because there's pieces of each person's story that we all had people or something that we were able to lean on, to glean on, whether it be Rich's sister, whether it be Nadara's ex, whether it be Chase's family, whether it be John taking charge with this, uh, with his things, with help that he was receiving. Or myself trying to seek out help, please do. And um, I, I, I know if you guys are interested in this kind of content, we're more than happy to dig deep in our personal lives and even in other people's personal lives. If you have anything to share or any stories about what you're going through, please add. And Rich, what are you? What else you have? Yeah, to I just want to add to that. Don't expect that just because you change your mindset once that you can't easily slip back into that negative mindset where you beat yourself up over things yeah. I mean just recently it happened uh, starting a new job mm-hmm. I was so concerned over what everybody thought and and, and it took me it took me a while and, and, and some of my friends and colleagues they some of the ones that I'm close to they, they know because um, I turned to them and, and it took me a little while, and then I thought back to myself, and I thought back to myself um, when I was in high school, and that and that mentality changed, and check out you're mentioning it too, that it was only when you started focusing on yourself that you really started to succeed, and, and, to, and you really started showing yourself and, and, and your potential, and 
And it wasn't until recently that, that I, I, I fell back into that little negative mindset for a sec and then kind of just did a complete 180 and did a recheck. I said, wait, wait a second, hang on a sec. I'm going to only focus on myself. I don't care what the rest think. Mm-hmm. They don't like me. They don't like me. They were going to like me to begin with. This is my personality. I am one way, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that mindset that really, that living in the moment that we're mentioning about and just really don't really concern yourself about how others really think of you, mm-hmm. right? Because that really plays a big role against yourself, right? If you're really focusing on the negative things that people think about you, unless they're there to help you out, right? If they're saying it in, in a positive way, that they're trying to guide you. Um, a lot of people will bring out negative stuff and will talk, right? Mm-hmm. So the focusing on yourself is a very important thing about overcoming or a very important way to overcome that negativity, Absolutely. at least in my experience. Mm-hmm. Well, to, to add what, um, to, you know, what you were saying, uh, just, you know, guys, the help is available for you. Just sit for it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, uh, especially right now with, you know, COVID, um, COVID situation, um, a lot of people are, are, are having, like, you know, trouble with their mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was reading Statistics statistic Canada today, and apparently 24 people, 24% of uh, the participants of a survey uh, during COVID says, you know, they they have, you know, poor mental health right now, and um, that's, that's a lot of, that's a very big, you know, big percentage. Yeah. Uh, compared to before COVID, uh, that was in 2018, 8% of Canadians only, like, uh, you know, by single the survey says, you know, they had poor, uh, um, you know, mental health. Uh, go, go seek for that help, and, and it's available, and if you don't want to talk to a, a professional, just talk to a friend, talk to someone, to, like, your friend, and, and or... For some people, for me, it worked actually. Uh, sports, um, all other, you know, any other hobbies that you have, uh, you know, reading or anything like that. Yeah, just to feed off of what you were saying, is I feel like it's just getting it out. Like, I mean, for some people, like they don't have that luxury of reaching out to a friend or something like that. But I think just even uh, another helpful tool that clients found helpful was journaling. Well, that was huge for people because it got it got your thoughts out of there. Whether it's journaling or you make a video of yourself or a recording of yourself, you're getting these thoughts out. And then when you eventually find someone that you can share it with, you don't forget it. Because there's, I feel like with everyone, there's so much going on up there. It's hard to keep track of it all. And you can always go back and look at it and see how far you've gone. Mm-hmm. Right. In case so. you ever slip back into that mm-hmm. bad feelings, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and to add to that is that you know most of us grew up in a time where studying and writing and everything like that, that's how we memorize, that's how we test ourselves, that's your school. So those things are ingrained in me even at work, the way we have to take meticulous uh, information down that you know we reflect far and back on it all the time. I think it's, it, it can be very helpful just to get your thoughts out. Be a fan of yourself first. Right? Yeah. That's very important, right? Because you know what, no one's gonna be a bigger fan of yourself but yourself. So take that, take charge of your life, take charge of your care, because you know what, you matter. Everybody matters, right? Yeah. No, just a just a quick wrap up for our listeners here. I think maybe you can go over one point where how we deal with stress or burnout. Just real quick, something you do that you do. Hmm? I can start off. Yeah, go ahead. 
I like to sometimes go and park by the lake. I have the luxury of living by the lake and just have a quiet time quiet time for myself and just watch, look out into the lake and, and just kind of be alone. Yeah. Not think of anything. I mean, you know, as uh, cliche as it might sound, uh, it really helps me de stress is just cuddling. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I love the physical connection. Time moves much slower, and I'm just able to really like uh, think about where I am and what I want to do, and it just allows me to get that quick recharge. And I feel it's, it's like it's an emotional connection. I feel mm-hmm. I feel good, I feel better. Sure. Uh, for my part, it would be sports, man. In general, mm-hmm. sports. I love sports. You guys know me. Uh, I'm a big soccer fan. Um, I play it and I watch it. It helps me like calm down a lot. Um, family, and that's huge. I mean, you know, having uh, you know people that you can count on and, and you know go home to. That's that's, that's huge, man. Um, and video games. <laughs> it's weird <it's laughs> to say, right? Video, video games, games man. and. <laughs> shout out, shout shout out, out to PlayStation. PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, shout out to PlayStation. Um, nice. Honestly, man, just being there and and you know focusing on something else, not your problems. Yeah, so helpful. It's time to take a break sometimes, right? And yeah. uh, for myself, um, you know, the games have been a big thing, but I mean, honestly, yeah. this has been good. Yeah, nice. this yeah. Is, this this has allowed you to understand because. When we were planning this show out, uh, is what I said. You know what? I'm looking out and I'm gonna go okay. So, so I look at it and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm going through it in that sense. I don't know what my coping mechanisms are yet, mm-hmm. but I'm drinking the metal, and this is a great healthy outlet. And guys, anybody listening, if they want to start a podcast, they want to get thoughts out, maybe be creative, maybe journal. Go ahead and do it. Those things are beautiful things because. They allow us to express ourselves in a way that, you know, maybe we weren't able to do in the past. And nothing's stopping you. Nothing's stopping you. You're only stopping yourself. Technology's there. You can only do it. We're doing it right now. Yeah, just, uh, I think something for me that's coping with life or staying in the moment or dealing with stress is, I think it's being out in nature. Uh, For me personally, I I love, I love biking. I love going on runs. I love hiking. Camping. Camping too. Um, I feel like I'm at like uh, at peace with the moment or with myself when I'm in nature. We should have a segment one day about the we'll, outdoors. We'll record a podcast out in nature. Yeah, <laughs> when it's nicer. When it's nicer. Okay. And, and maybe if we get uh, get to a certain point, maybe we'll have a verified positive retreat. You never know, right? Yeah. <laughs> in Cancun. <laughs> Shout out Cancun. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for sharing those yeah. personal information about yourself. And honestly, we're always going to be growing and learning, and new things will pop up. But promise each other that we're going to check in on each other. You know, even with or without the show, that way, you know. And you know what? People listening as well. Check in on your friends. Check in on your family. How are they doing? COVID's been serious. It's been locking people away. People are looking on businesses, everything like that. And uh, do your best and do your part. And, you know, think positive. Think verified positive. Thank you.